Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Girls Next Level. This week we have something a little new for you guys. We are answering your questions and some of them get a little spicy, so this is definitely going to be a huge tea spill episode. Yeah, I'm excited about it, though. Like, I I was pleasantly surprised with how many questions that we got. And oh, my God, we got flooded. Yeah, and <laughs> some of them I was like, oh, I can't wait to answer this. This is so fun. And some of them I was like, uh-oh, we got to answer yeah, that. Yeah, some of them, and we'll get to this later. We'll save this section for last. But there are so many sex questions. yeah. And I have so many mixed feelings about answering them. And I'm, I told Bridget when I'm like, we're making a list of all these questions, I'm like, let's just save all the sex questions for last and see what we feel like answering. And if there's any we don't feel like answering, we can kind of explain why. Yeah. You know, I, I totally get it, like why that bothers you too. And I, I've, this is something that I've been wondering for the longest time. Like anytime we do press or anything, people just really feel like it's their business to know every detail about what went on. Yeah, and I think we could do a really good deep dive on that when we get to the New York episode in season one. Mm. I don't know when that'll be because <laughs> we're not even on episode one yet. I hope we're keeping you guys entertained in the meantime. <laughs> but we'll get into that, especially like as far as the press is concerned. But let me tell you, I have a major toxic trait and that toxic trait is I'll get online and I'll be like ask me anything guys and then I get so offended when the sex questions come (laughs) well you know what too I feel like we've been so open about it and yet it doesn't satisfy people yeah like I talked about it in my book we talked about it if you guys really want to know about the sex go tune in to girls next level episode two it's called in the bedroom it's our most downloaded episode that's what I was just gonna say they do go to it it has like 40,000 more downloads than than the next highest episode it has 40,000 more downloads than the first episode that we aired yeah it's crazy it boggles my mind so people are literally skipping over the first episode and going straight to the sex episode yeah so we'll get into that a little bit more like how we feel about those questions what the questions are (laughs) I think we just said how we feel (laughs) oh I've I've got more to say I've got more to say honey But the biggest question, Bridget, you say what the biggest question was because it came off of something you said a couple episodes ago. Right. So um, I mentioned that, you know, well, actually, Holly was bringing up Kendra saying that I wanted room to at the mansion for my scrapbooking room and False I debunked yeah, <laughs> and I said um well that would be ridiculous because Hef would give me the big cackle because he uh, he has to pay rent on that room it would have been bigger than his own scrapbooking room like there's just a million reasons that that doesn't even make sense and um people really picked up on the fact that I said he needed to pay rent on the room and they're like doesn't he own it yeah so everyone thought that Hef owned the Playboy Mansion, which isn't exactly true. It's not at all true, really. It's kind of like, I mean, Playboy owned it. Yeah. Because 
they purchased it in 71, I believe, for a million dollars, which at the time was the highest price ever paid for a piece of residential property in Southern California, which is laughable by yeah. today's standards. It's so crazy. And not just because inflation, but in the early 70s, this was before like LA property values just skyrocketed. But the company bought it. So he never had to pay for like the property taxes or the maintenance or anything like that. And over the years, the value of that property just escalated and escalated to a point where maybe he just thought it didn't make sense to ever purchase it. So instead, he lived there full time, but he would have to pay the company rent on the rooms that he and his girlfriends occupied. If a playmate was staying there while she was shooting a pictorial or doing work for the company, he wasn't charged for that because that was a work thing. So that benefited the company. But for him to live there and for his girlfriends to live there, he had to pay rent on each room. And fun fact, his Mm -hmm. annual salary as editor of Playboy magazine was almost entirely consumed by rent on that house. <laughs> yeah. He paid $25,000 a month for the master bedroom. He paid, I'm not gonna have the rest of these numbers exact. They're in my book, but my memory has faded over the years on the exact number. But it was like room two was like 12,000 a month. Room three was like 10,000 a month. Rooms, Room six was like 6,000 something. Room four was a l- little bit less. And room five cost the least at like 5,000 a month. That's interesting because I thought um, I had the prices off a little bit. I knew that the master was 25000 and I thought room two and three were like 10000 and then I thought all the other rooms were 5000 but still close Pretty enough. close, yeah. yeah. And it's weird to me that room two cost more than room three because I think they were the same size. I don't know if they were the same size, and I don't know why people loved room two so much because I loved room three, and I loved having the view over the backyard and being able to watch the parties and see the pool and all that kind of stuff. Room three felt a little bigger to me. I think people liked room two because it had like a more recently remodeled bathroom because that was Kimberly's room when Hef was married, and the bathroom had been... Granted, it was a long time ago, but more recently remodeled than some of the others. It had probably been remodeled in like the 90s. And it had like a pink marble heated floor. Like it was a very Beverly Hills Hotel type bathroom. Right. So that's the only thing I can think that would be more of a showstopper about that room than the other rooms. Yeah, I loved my room though. Like a lot of people also were like, they don't understand the layout. That was another question we got. Yeah, we're going to put that on the Instagram feed. I made a little map of the upper story like the second story of the house which would show you where all the bedrooms are and I put it in my book so we're gonna throw that up on the Instagram so you guys can kind of have a feel for how the mansion flowed because that was one of the first things my editor brought up when I was writing it they're like can you put a map in here or something because I'm like not seeing it (laughs) yeah but there was basically the master bedroom then you go down the hall and there would be bedroom two Mm -hmm. and then it kind of made an L shape from there and then it was like a little short hall and then it was bedroom three then it made another L shape and the rest of the bedrooms had been like servants quarters back in the day yeah so but then it went like closets and offices a little bit and then like the other three bedrooms so they were kind of like way in the back of the house Mm -hmm. it made like it made another l before you even got to them and then past that were actually like the offices like where mary worked and norma worked and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff so when you went down the hall especially from hef's room you would pass bedroom two which was kendra's room bedroom three which was my room then you'd pass like some offices and some closet space and another staircase that went up to the third floor And then you would pass like bedrooms four, five, and six. Yeah. I think I got that right. And then you'd get to the offices. 
And then people wanted to know, because you were talking about the notepads you handed out when we gave tours, and they said Playboy Mansion West on top. And they were like, West? Is there another one? <laughs> oh, well, there used to be. So there used to be the Playboy Mansion in Chicago. So when he got this mansion, this one was Playboy Mansion West. And then after he got rid of the Chicago mansion, it was still Playboy Mansion it's, West. Yeah, it always remained Playboy Mansion <laughs> West after that. But I kind of liked it. Yeah, and... Well, I guess this makes sense because they still technically had a, some kind of a studio in Chicago. But the studio in Santa Monica was called Playboy Studio West. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they had the New York one. I mean, they had the Chicago one, but didn't they have a New York one too? They had offices, but I I mean, they must have had like a corner in the office that they shot stuff. Because didn't we like walk in on Monica? Yeah, that that's Chicago? what I'm thinking. No, I thought she was in New York. I'm confused. I mean, they must have had something somewhere they could have shot in New York. Oh, now you're making me second guess if that was Chicago or not. We have to, when we get to that episode, yeah. we'll know more. Oh, another thing about the house that people ask me too is, um, did he have his own photo developing studio in there? Which I think is a fascinating question because with all the photos that were taken at the mansion, you would think. You might as well have had yeah but actually no the there was a a staff person who would take all of that film oh god my stomach just thinking about how when he took the pictures to Bel Air camera all the people who are seeing all the nudes and shit yes ew yes so there was actually like this camera shop not far from the mansion and he would take them like the 20 years later I'm getting embarrassed (laughs) (laughs) but here's the thing too like I've heard horror stories and not about this place I'm not talking about the place that we that have (laughs) took his things in but I've heard horror stories about film developers that like would keep a copy of nudes that people turned in for no, themselves. No, that's a thing. And Hef had experience with that because he used to tell me a story about in the 50s when he was married the first time, he took a nude of his wife and took the film to go get developed. And he found out somehow, I don't know if he was being blackmailed or how he found out, but he found out that the developer kept a copy of it and he like had to go confront him. It's really shocking that Hef did not have his own photo developing studio. Like, why wouldn't he have? Yeah, or I wonder if he asked that company to, like, sign an NDA or something. Oh. That would make me feel a little better. Yeah, that is possible. But I I really don't know. I kind of doubt it. I doubt it, too. (laughs) We never signed one. Yeah. And that's another thing people are shocked about. They're like, didn't you have to sign an NDA? No, and I think the reason why he never asked people to sign NDAs is he just didn't want any kind of barrier between him getting laid by anyone you know what I mean like he didn't want to put a pause and make a girl think about oh wait what am I actually doing here well you know what else too he never wanted anybody to think any of his girlfriends were under contract in any way and an NDA is kind of a contract that you're signing saying you're not gonna say anything yeah I mean it's not a contract saying I'll be your girlfriend but it's it is some sort of contractual agreement but then he had no hesitation later when he wanted to put us under contract for the show Right, but that's so much later. Yeah. We'll get into that, too. Yeah. I did have to sign an NDA to work at the studio, but that was just about work stuff. And ironically, I have nothing bad to say about my time at the studio. They had me sign for the wrong fucking thing. Um, a lot of people want to know like what our schedule was like. And I, speaking of this, before we even mm-hmm. get into the schedule, I got a funny... Um, 
well, I guess it wasn't, it's not supposed to be funny, but it was funny to me, of a funny message. I can't remember if it was on, it was on social media. And um, the person said, you know what? These bitches are lying about their schedule. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, there's no way that they have enough time in the night to have buffet dinner, (laughs) watch a movie, especially these old time movies, because... I'm a, I, I took a, I was a film major or something like that. And, um, I, I mean, know the putting running, whole pussy into this. <laughs> yeah. I know the running times of some of those old movies like Casablanca night. So there's no way they had time for dinner and a movie and going out to the club and then bedroom time too, please. Oh and my I was God. dying and I, cause we did literally did this every single Friday night yeah. for like seven years or at least six years maybe you've worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss and if your identity is stolen your dedicated u.s-based restoration specialist will work to fix it let lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for save 25 percent off your first year on lifelock ultimate plus at lifelock.com aware terms apply i came from a low-income family that was that was struggling you see how hard life can get gc became a part of my life because i don't want my family to fall back into that I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. I was reading this to Nick, who's my fiance, and um, and he was like, "Yeah, uh, tell me you've never been on a date without telling me you've never been on a date." <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so buffet dinner would start at like five thirty. Yes, the movie would start at like seven. Not like seven. It was seven promptly. Oh yeah, Have like he was seven. like movie time. He'd yell yeah. it out, and you better be done and heading into there, or he would be like, "What are you doing?" And most of those old movies aren't that long. No, most of them are are shorter than movies today i mean yeah. that person referenced casablanca night and i don't know what the running time I don't of even casablanca think is that long off the top of my head yeah i don't know what the running time of casablanca is or the running time of any of the movies but it doesn't matter we would line up for the club mm-hmm. around 10 yeah sometimes a little like 10 15 maybe go out for a few hours mm-hmm. and then come home and then come home be asleep by two yep so I don't know how there's not enough time. It's a lot in one night, but it's definitely enough time. I always get amused when people want to come so hard and like say, you're lying. And then they're like, reasoning for why you're lying is so whack. I know. Well, this no one was sense. just comical. Or just something they made up in their head. <laughs> I ended up just blocking the person, but Nick's like, no, tell them. Tell them they've never yeah. been on a date. <laughs> But we should get into just the schedule in general, oh, too. Yeah. So Mondays. Let's just start with Monday. Manly night. Manly night. Every Monday night was manly night. No, so. this was not an all-male orgy. No. <laughs> well, I mean, what? Did you ever? No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, so, yeah, all of Hef's older friends would come over. There'd be about maybe like 12 of them. Yeah, they would have dinner. And then they would go in and watch a classic movie. Yeah. They would like vote on what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I think have read notes for that too a lot yeah, of times. Probably. Um, yeah. And then it would be over like by nine o'clock and that was the night. Somebody wrote a toast for Manly Night. 
and what I do you mean a toast like they would read out a toast like I don't I don't remember how it went it was like fellows be of good cheer for they're out there and we're in here or something like that oh didn't they say that for the I think so they said that every night <laughs> yeah. I just oh my god because I totally forgot about that Tell you just said it and then it like sent chills because I, I, can, I can hear it yeah but that was fun okay so that was Monday night but I have a question for you did they serve the same food every night on Monday night or was it a different menu I thought they Remember, like, Wednesday or Thursday was, like, the Thanksgiving night? Yeah. I think that was Wednesday. Yeah. Or, or maybe Thursday. I don't remember. Um, I thought Mondays were different. I thought it changed up, like, regular buffet. Okay. But I don't yeah, really know. I can't imagine they ate the same exact thing every Monday night. I can kind of see that, though. Because I feel like when you get that age, <laughs> you're like, I mean, Hef would eat the same thing every week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, though. I could be wrong. I don't know it's what they... It's a mystery. I don't know what Dickie they Dickie Ban, if you want to chime in and tell us. Yeah, right? He's like, fuck you. Well, now we have to say who Dickie Ban was. <laughs> well, Dickie Ban was a film historian. Or it, I shouldn't say was. It makes it sound like he died. He is a film historian, and he would, like, uh, help hef with like all the notes like he would bring like the preliminary notes all the details on the film and then hef would kind of use those to make his own notes and he was always my favorite he was just so funny to me and he would sit like i'm sure if you guys are familiar with the show you remember ray anthony all the way ray that would sit kind of on one side of hef's girlfriends at the dinner table and dickie ban was on the opposite side yeah so it would be hef at the head of the table and then holly would be to his right and then to the right of holly would be would be um, Ray Anthony, and then to the left of Hef was me, and to my left was Dickie Ban, and that was the definite order yeah. of things. That was the hierarchy, guys. Yeah. Don't even, don't even don't, try and sit in our chairs. Mess it up. <laughs> and yeah, so that was Manly Night, and then Tuesday was Family Night. I don't know if we've mentioned Family Night yet, but he would have his sons and his ex-wife over to watch a movie, and that kind of stopped. Yeah, at some point that stopped. A few years after I moved it, in. I don't know why. And it turned into game night for us. Yeah, so then we started like playing Monopoly and stuff like that on Tuesday. Monopoly. And then Wednesday was a club night. Yes. But then after Girls Next Door started, we weren't really doing Wednesday night club night anymore. Yeah, it definitely trickled off at some point. I don't even know when or where or why or how or anything, but it de did just kind of stop. I think because we were just so busy doing all kinds of things and needed to be shooting yeah. the show and there were always a events and things to be going to that it just didn't make sense to try and stuff in a club night too yeah and then Thursday was Hef's card night right or was that Wednesday after we stopped clubbing oh my gosh I forgot about Hef's card night because there was a card night where he would have like three or four other guys over and he would play cards in the library and it got to the point where after we started filming the show Kevin Burns the producer of the show would start coming over and we would eat together in the dining room and I think that was the night they always served Thanksgiving okay food. so I think like, that was Thursday night yeah so every Thursday they would serve turkey and mashed potatoes and biscuits no wait that had to be Wednesday nights then because Thursdays we turned into dinner nights remember we go oh, out to the right, 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 like we right. got to pick any restaurant we wanted to go to and Hef would have his own food brought in. So Wednesday after club night stopped, that turned into turkey dinner night where Hef would have card night. 
And Kevin and I used to meet up in the dining room quite often. And this was back in the infant years of YouTube when there was like 10 videos on YouTube. And we would look up stuff and just die laughing, like rolling on the floor. And it's stuff that nobody would think was funny today. <laughs> like there used to be this video of this guy who was sitting in front of his computer and like his webcam would catch him like lip syncing to a song that was like, I, he, <laughs> you know that song yeah and, and we and nobody would think that was funny now like if somebody put that I on do. <laughs> it was funny then like if somebody put that on tiktok now it would just be lame like no one would care it would not go on anyone's for you page but back then this was a viral video everybody thought it was so funny we would watch it over and over again roll on the floor laughing and our other favorite video was a clip from robot chicken and they would use the star wars character and there was this um they'd use like star wars action figures to make a little skit and there was a skit where they had the jar jar binks action figure find darth vader thinking he's still like innocent anakin skywalker and he'd be like annie annie popani and he takes the mask off and he screams because he's all burned underneath and he's like stalking darth vader and darth vader like kicks him out into space and he dies and then the ghost of jar jar binks comes back I mean, this video, like, I watch it with my kids now, and they like it. Like, it has lived on. But that was, like, our two favorite videos, and we would just watch the stupidest shit. That's and hilarious. And die laughing. So that was, my, that was my wild Wednesday night at the mansion. That just reminded me, too. We did, a, we did Robot Chicken later on. Yeah, we were on it. I don't know if that's in one of our episodes or not. I don't think it is. We'll have to talk about it. It probably happened, like, in between shooting seasons. So it we'll seems talk like about it, it yeah. when we get there. yeah. Um, okay, so that was Wednesday night. Thursday nights, like I was saying, was dinner night. We got to pick any restaurant we wanted to go to. Of course, Hef would bring his own food, which was lamb chops. Mm -hmm. I think we get into that later on, too. It's an episode two big one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm, bad episode. Yeah, so we'll get into that later. Um, and then uh, Friday nights was... Like we just said, buffet dinner. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> movie. Club night. Club. But then we stopped clubbing after Girls Next Door. So. Yeah. It was rare that we would go out. And then Saturday was another buffet dinner and movie. Mm -hmm. And, and it was usually another classic movie as yeah, well. Friday nights was always movie. classic movie. Saturday nights was always classic too, but sometimes not as classic as Friday nights. Yeah, there was a l subtle difference between the Saturday and Friday movies. Like the Friday movies were a little more serious and the Saturday was a little lighter. Yeah, and then Sundays was fun in the sun when it was warm permitting. out. Yeah. yeah, when it wasn't warm out, Hef would just play backgammon inside with his friends, and we would scrapbook. And then Sunday night was buffet dinner, and he would show a new movie. Yeah, brand new, like the theaters or or like the um, companies would come with like the reels. Yeah, somebody would come with security, so to make sure nobody was pirating anything, and they would bring in these heavy film cans and literally put film in the projector because this was before movies were being shot. Forget before streaming. This was before movies were even shot on digital. Like they started doing digital, I think, while we were at the mansion. But I was still seeing people walk in with like giant film cans oh, me for too. these new movies. Me too. And then they would, like you said, put them on the projector. And we'd watch like a brand new movie that was like just coming out in the theaters that weekend. And that time. was a big deal back then because that was back before like if something was in the theaters, you had to go to a theater. There was no streaming. There was no yeah. VHS like when it first came out. Well, not only that, but it didn't come out to like any kind months. of like. Yeah, Six it was months. months. It was nine months, months before you would see it yeah. if you didn't see it in the theater. So yeah, so it was a big deal. Yeah, so I think that was our whole schedule. So for hope we cleared up any confusion on that and how much can be done in one night. 
Another question I got, uh, I saw this a whole bunch and I was kind of shocked about how much we got this, was what was on the buffet? I don't even remember. Like we already talked about how Wednesday, Wednesday wasn't a buffet, but Wednesday the kitchen would make Thanksgiving dinner. But for the weekend buffets, wasn't one of the nights, wasn't Saturday night like fried chicken night or something? They would do fried chicken often. There was always those rolls, always. Yeah. And And then later it turned into my mom's roll recipe because everybody liked those so much. And I always wonder, like, did Crystal make them stop doing that after she moved She probably didn't even know whose recipe it was, but now she does. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it would just, it would vary actually quite a bit. There would be lamb chops sometimes. There would be fried chicken. There would be, and there would roasted potatoes yeah and there would usually be like more than one entree like there would be salmon and steak or something Mm -hmm. chicken and yeah and side dishes and stuff like that and there would always be three different desserts yes and later on like when angel came into the picture we would always have a dessert conference like we'd always get all the desserts and we'd try all the desserts and like rate them (laughs) yeah and that all that stuff would vary i mean it kind of the um chefs would prepare a menu every week and this is a fun fact Mm -hmm. when i was doing my radio show one of the things that i uh would talk about every week i only did it every friday i would talk about what the menu was for that weekend i would tell you what friday night's dinner was what saturday night's dinner was and what sunday night's dinner was going to be and who what chef was preparing it and yeah like because they spent a lot of time preparing these menus and stuff and you if you guys are more interested in in that kind of stuff maybe we can get one of the chefs to come on and talk about it oh yeah that would be fun and you know what else I feel like I'm surprised we didn't start doing this earlier or I'm surprised Hef wasn't doing it earlier is later on way down the road every once in a while we would do and it was coming from us we would get the kitchen to do like theme nights like for my Marie Antoinette birthday party everything was French or there was like a mafia Italian night at one point yes and then for like the pumpkin carving parties and stuff I'd make everything like spooky dinner menu or Mm -hmm. you know rename everything and stuff Yes, I'm so, I'm surprised we didn't get started on that earlier because it well, was so fun. I don't feel like we thought we had any kind of say or. Con- if you own a vehicle with less than two hundred thousand miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio. Hard during the Mean Girls era when there were so many women there and we were all battling. Like, yeah, because they would have poo-pooed that. Yeah, and we didn't feel like we were important enough to like even make a suggestion. No way. No way. <laughs> so another thing people wanted to know is what is the difference with all like the titles for all the women in that world? Like, what's the difference between being half girlfriend and being a playmate and being a centerfold and being a cyber girl and being just a celebrity pictorial or what what is all this stuff and yeah. I don't even know where to start well I mean, people interchange them so much and like you just have to let it go because you have to go okay they don't know the difference but there's like a difference between each of those categories and with titles and categories comes gatekeepers and there are still people to this day who are like pissy about it like I remember when my book came out there were some playmates that came out like one or two people and they're like well you know don't listen to her because she wasn't actually a playmate like just because I didn't do that particular pictorial means I 
don't know what I'm talking about or something right. like that. Like, shut up. Nobody cares. <laughs> oh my god. And in the outside world, no one cares. Like no one cares what the difference between a playmate and just a regular Playboy pictorial is. And from right. an it's just you were in Playboy. Yeah. And from an outsider's perspective, any woman who has anything to do with the Playboy world is considered a bunny. But like there's been people who have like attacked me for because like the subtitle of my book was um Curious Adventures and Cautionary Tales of a Former Playboy Bunny. And there was somebody who chimed in from like the olden days who was like, she was never a bunny. Hmm. It's like, That's I'm not sorry. True. I'm sorry, but I was custom fitted for my own costume and I gave official tours of the mansion. Like, I'm so sorry I didn't work at the Playboy clubs that closed when I was five years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, they, like, come before on. we were born. So there's gatekeepers. That's crazy. Okay, so let's explain each of the things. Should we stop at like start like let's start with girlfriend because I think that's the most self-explanatory that just means somebody who was dating half and living in the house and you were kind of an official girlfriend if like you were part of the group of three to seven women whatever he had going on at the time and living at the house and coming out with him regularly and on a clothing allowance and yeah you had the bunny necklace and then there was party posse those were just extra girls that would come yeah. out with us that didn't have they weren't playmates they weren't testing they weren't girlfriends they were just girls that were coming out to party and girlfriends were playmates sometimes but not always and a playmate was someone who was featured in the magazine as the centerfold so a right. playmate and a centerfold is the same thing and that would be the monthly pictorial, the Miss January, Miss February, Miss March, whatever. Yeah. But there were other pictorials in the magazine too. And the main pictorial, like the major one where the person would be on the cover, was considered a celebrity pictorial. And that person didn't really have a title in the Playboy world. Like you weren't a playmate, but you weren't a bunny. Like, I think you and I kind of like the Playmate pictorial just because we love campy yeah. stuff. Yes. And the pictorials were always themed, and we like the idea of, like, the centerfold. But well, in reality, that, most people would have wanted, like, the bigger, better, like, celebrity pictorial because you're, like, the star of that issue. I just wanted to be, like, Miss October. Like, I wanted I know, that title. Yeah. As silly as it sounds, like, I wanted that title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, obviously, uh, being the celebrity pictorial is, like, way cooler yeah and there were other pictorials in playboy too and people in those weren't really given a title necessarily and then there were cyber girls and cyber girls was a feature on playboy.com every week there would be a new cyber girl and those were usually playmate tests that didn't get used yeah and what else am I forgetting? Okay, a bunny was a woman who worked at the Playboy Clubs in the bunny costume, but it's also a playmate who had a bunny costume for promotions or like us giving mansion tour guide. Yeah. Giving, giving tours of the mansion. Because not bunny all costume. playmates got bunny costumes and, and worked promotions. Yeah. I mean, you had to have like a personality, you had to be outgoing, like you had Easy to, to work with, not a diva. Yeah. You so, had to be like somewhat local or have the ability to be like flown somewhere easily. Yeah. So not everybody became a bunny, but a lot of the playmates became a bunny. Yeah. But just like in the real world, like people think of just any woman who has anything to do as Playboy, they call that a Playboy bunny. Oh, even on the news, if something happens and a girl even ever set foot at a Playboy party, yeah. they're like, Playboy model was found. You yeah, know, exactly. Whatever. And I'm like, Playboy model? Who is she? And Playboy model wasn't really a specific title 
either. Although I do know Playboy at certain points in their history would have a modeling agency where they would try to find work and take a cut of that model's fee for Playmates and other models. So well, I guess at some point in time there might have been a thing where you would be considered a Playboy model if you were just yeah. signed with that agency. Well, and then there was like the catalogs and stuff. And sometimes those were Playmates, but sometimes they were just, I don't even know who they were. In yeah, there. like random models. Yeah. So those are kind of the terms. And of course, there's also Playmate of the Year. Every year, one Playmate was chosen to be Playmate of the Year. So there was another question on here. Um, was it a requirement to be blonde? To be a girlfriend? It didn't specify, but I'm assuming they mean yeah. for us. I mean, I think there was. Like, Hep always wanted blondes. But there were definitely women he was very interested in during the time I was there who were not blonde. You know what? I was never told officially that I had to be blonde or I had to stay blonde. And there was a time that I was like toying with, what would I look like with brunette? Would Hef really be mad? And one of the other girls told me, you can't do that. Hef won't let you do that. But I was like, Lily, because he never told me I couldn't. Well, he never told me I couldn't cut my hair, wear red lipstick either. And right. he absolutely blew up on me when that happened. <laughs> well, I think that's uh, the next question, too. People asked, um, discuss the girlfriend look and Hef not liking when you cut your hair. Yeah, so he wanted to have to be surrounded by all blondes. Like, I think he thought that was cool to have all these clone-looking girlfriends. Yeah. And, I mean... Like I've said before, like when you move into the mansion, you're not told any rules explicitly. You're just expected to like stumble around, figure it out yourself. So I was never told I couldn't have short hair. There had been a girl in the group who had short hair before. So I thought I was perfectly within my reach to cut my hair. And just for fun, I was like, oh, well, I'm doing short hair, so let's do like a Marilyn Monroe look. Like I wasn't like trying to impress Hef with it or anything. I was just at the salon and it was a big step for me to cut my hair and they had the makeup artist there, so let's have fun with it. And when I came home like that, he absolutely freaked out on me and blew up and yelled at me like I had done something really wrong and told me I looked old, hard, and cheap and he hates oh. red lipstick and don't wear red lipstick and the strange thing is is I had wore red lipstick out before a few times like when I had first joined the group but because I had been the new girl then he wasn't gonna blow up on me then because if you blow up on a new girl she's gonna be like what the fuck is this place I'm not moving in here you know what I mean but because I had been there a few months and I'd already moved into his bedroom and I was the main girlfriend and I'd quit my job and you know was kind of dependent on the situation then he's safe to blow up on me you know what mm. I mean so that was lame. So we weren't ever told you have to look exactly like this, mm -mm. but you kind of got the message. Yeah. Well, when he would do press interviews and stuff and say, I'm in my blonde period, you yeah. kind of know like, okay, he's yeah. not going to be cool if I go brunette or redhead all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I even felt like I had to cater my uh, Halloween costumes to that, too. Mm -hmm. Like, if I was going to be Bride of Frankenstein, I felt like I needed to do it blonde with, like, the black yeah, thing. Yeah, instead they, of the other way. Yeah, I didn't feel like he would be approving if I, like, came down in, like, a, a black wig of some yeah. sort or whatever. Like, I always felt like I needed to adapt it as a blonde, <laughs> which is kind of fun and creative, too. But yeah, I felt, I felt sort the of the need to do that. So somebody wrote next, well, then why do you keep the platinum hair? Oh my gosh, this is going to be something that I go into depth on. It's funny because I think everybody else in the world looks at me and they're like, oh, you have the same hair color as you did back then. But I don't feel that way at all. When I look back on my hair color at the mansion, I see root tip, powder white, 
I'm about ready to sneak into the Hall of Presidents and no one's going to notice because I look like a founding father. But now I'm like, ooh, look at this natural looking blonde with my root and my highlight. You know, like I feel like it's such a different color. I'm like, I'm not still platinum. I'm a 613. You know what I mean? Like, duh, can't you see the difference? But I think to everybody else, they're like, why do you have the same color hair? But the question is curious because I feel like when people ask me that question, it's coming from a place of, well, if you're so anti-Playboy now and if you had such a miserable experience, why are you still trying to look like that? And I think what people don't understand, and maybe you understand if you listen to the first episode of this podcast, but for me, it was the look first Playboy second. Like I always saw women with like blonde hair and big boobs and I wanted to look like that before I even knew what the hell Playboy was. Right. So granted, once I got into the mansion, did I become dysmorphic? Did I feel like I had to go the extra mile to look a certain way or Hef would be disapproving? Absolutely. But the look in general was something that I wanted and already had or I wouldn't have been part of the group in the first place to begin with. Like if you look at pictures of me right before I moved into the mansion, my hair is kind of brassy, but that's because I was dying it myself and I wasn't doing a good job. It wasn't that I wasn't already a platinum blonde. You know what I mean? Right. And I remember you telling the story about getting like paper dolls from your aunt when you were a little kid and like obsessing over Marilyn Monroe and stuff, which already brings that hair color out. Yeah. I think people think I completely gave myself a head to toe makeover just to please Hep. And that's not true at all. Like, did I get to a place after I'd been living there for a while where I was dysmorphic and like borderline anorexic? Absolutely. But in general, was that the look I already liked and was going for? Yeah. So for me, I'm like, why should I punish myself and pick my second favorite hair color just to like, like it doesn't make any sense to me and it's backward. Like if I were to do a different hair color, that would not be my preference. If I were to do a different hair color, like to distance myself from who I was or distance myself from Playboy, that would not be authentic because it's not my first choice and it's not my favorite. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's not who you are. And it's interesting too because when I did the interview for the Secrets of Playboy documentary, which was two years ago now, they weren't happy with my makeup and they kept asking me to like come to my house and get footage of me without makeup and stuff. And I thought that was really weird and I'm not sure where they were coming from with that. I think they felt like in order for me to be sympathetic, I had to look like I was old and broken down and suffering. Like I couldn't look like I was ever miserable but thriving now. Or they wanted me to get away from like the playmate look that's what I think but that's not authentic to me because that's the look I liked and identified with and wanted even before I knew what the fuck playboy was right so I'm like but that's backward though it's not authentic for me to change myself so I can convince people out there that oh playboy wasn't great and I'm not even going to do the look anymore like it's backward so I refuse to do it and they're like but you do YouTube videos where you start off with no makeup and I'm like yeah I do those because they're makeup videos right it's not that I'm so afraid of people seeing me without makeup like I put videos of myself without makeup up all the time but it wouldn't be authentic for me to do a documentary interview with no makeup on right absolutely not I think people confuse natural and authentic too Like waking up with no makeup isn't necessarily your authentic taste or your authentic want or what you feel like your highest self and expression is. You know what I mean? Like natural and authentic aren't the same thing necessarily. 
I just, I don't like that um, people think that we shouldn't still have the look. Like, I was drawn to Playboy because I liked the look from the start. Exactly. Like, I... Um, it was the look first and Playboy second. Not, the, But I think people think it's the other way around. Yeah, it's like I didn't transform myself to do what I thought Hef wanted. I already wanted to look like this. Yeah, for <laughs> Ever sure. since I was really young. And so... Uh, yeah, it would. It's it's insulting to me when people are like, "Well, why do you still look like that?" Yeah, it's like, "What do you want?" <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> the um, another question people said, "Did you feel pressure to keep a slim figure?" Absolutely, absolutely, and I mean, not just from half, but also you just have to remember or know if you weren't around back then that in the early 2000s it was just a different body type was considered desirable like it was super skinny it was what dickie ban would call tits on a stick <laughs> because dickie ban sorry to expose you dickie but he was an ass man and he would always complain to me that hef never picked playmates with booties and he would say hef only likes tits on a stick <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> Um, you know, I don't remember being obsessed about my weight or anything, but I definitely worked out a lot mm -hmm. and, um, took it seriously. Like I wasn't trying to, uh, let myself go or anything, but I don't remember being overly concerned. I was, I counted every calorie. I wish I was that disciplined now, but it was just like little comments have would make well and we'll get into some of those that yeah. I've heard him make to other people yeah we'll we'll save that but there there was definite pressure for sure I mean later on down the road when we were actually going to get to uh spoiler uh, here get to pose and stuff then mm -hmm. I felt pressure like I was like oh god am I like am I too is my stomach sticking out too much am I too fat yeah. for this like I would worry about stuff and then I really tried but it was kind of too late like <laughs> <laughs> Also, we were asked if there were tanning beds at the mansion. Yes, there were two tanning beds in the gym. I yes. used them pretty regularly. Me too. And you could tell in the photos. <laughs> yeah. Between fun in the sun and the tanning bed. And then spray tan sometimes too, like for parties and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, tan was very important. But, I still personally like being tan, so. Oh, me too. And I've stopped doing tanning beds just because I don't want to age my skin any more than I already too. have. But that's the look I prefer is a tanning bed tan. Like it's so much better than a spray tan. Yeah. Or like a tanning. I have tanning mousse on right now, but. <laughs> I wish I could be like a pale goddess, but I don't have good pale skin. Like you can see every bruise and vein and everything when I am when I'm pale. Yeah, I just I've always loved a tan. I know it's not necessarily in anymore, but I like it. Yeah, you know what's funny too about the old pictures because I put on the Girls Next Level Instagram, I put those pictures of us in the Mean Girls rooms after they moved out, and we look so tan in them. And people are commenting on it, but yeah, we were tan. But I think it's also those were taken on a disposable camera. Yeah. And it's the quality of like the print and the film. Yeah. Because I never tanned my face at all. I, I did sometimes and didn't sometimes, but we look extra, extra tan, like more tan than we really were in those photos. And I think it's just a combination of, like you said, disposable camera and bad lighting yeah. <laughs> and just all kinds of stuff. But yeah. Like those is, pictures were really saturated. Yeah. But they were, but they. They reflect such an amazing oh time my God, I know. <laughs> that they are coveted to me. I don't even care how I look. Yeah. Did we have our own cars? That's an interesting question. I had my own 
beater car when I first moved into the mansion. It was a super cheap car and it was really beat up. And, and you had a name for it. Yeah, Angelica Celica. So it was a Toyota <laughs> Celica. And Hef would lease cars for his girlfriends. So we had leased cars. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just interesting because when somebody's leasing a car for you, you know, and you choose to move out, like all of a sudden those payments are canceled. So it's up to you to keep it up. So that was kind of another reason girls felt dependent too. Yeah. When I first moved to the mansion, I had a VW Bug. And um, at some point, I was able to sell it and have kept the money from it. That is so fucked up to me that he kept the money because he's just leasing you a car. It's not like he's buying you one. Right. Like that's, it blows my mind that he kept the money from you selling your car. Yeah. Yeah, because he didn't pay for that car. (laughs) Yeah, that's not fair. Um. And then I got a Mercedes, like, little two-seater SLK mm-hmm. um, that I had for a while. And then it'll come up in an upcoming episode. But then I get the Porsche. Yeah. And we'll talk about that later when that all comes up. Um, you know what's interesting is he leased cars for me in the beginning. First, there was the Escalade I got that had been somebody else's that got repossessed after she moved out. And then I had a couple different Porsches, not at the same time but traded them out for each other that he leased for me. And then I decided to get a Prius when I worked at the Playboy studio because I just wanted like a low key car. Not that I was chased by paparazzi or anything, but we were on the show at that point and I just wanted like a low key car to drive to work in. And I wanted to build my credit because I really didn't have any credit. And I was told by the office that if I wanted to build my credit, Hef couldn't pay for the lease, which is bullshit because he could have just given me a check and then- Oh yeah. But they refused to do it, which I think is kind of messed up considering all the time and effort I put in as the main girlfriend, but he's paying for everybody else's lease. Yeah. And not mine. Right. So I was paying for my own lease for like the last couple of years I was there. But then I bought my vintage Corvette with my own money and he offered to pay for that. And at first I wasn't going to take it, but then I'm like, wait, I should take it because he's paying for everyone else's lease and not mine. Yeah. Why wouldn't you take yeah, that? Yeah. So. If he's that, offering. Yeah. It's not like it's something you're asking yeah. for. So that's like the roundabout story of our car situation. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the questions was, why could strippers not be playmates, but they could be girlfriends? I think there's a couple different answers to that. I think one is that this might surprise people, but Hef really didn't know shit about any of his girlfriends. (laughs) He really didn't. Like, I, I bet you anything he knew besides the girlfriend's name. I bet if you were like a main girlfriend or somebody who'd been around for a while or a favorite, he knew two things about you. And if you were one of the girlfriends who was kind of on the outskirts, he knew one thing about you. Wow. I bet. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I mean. So I don't think no one was volunteering. Oh, half. guess what? When I used to work at this strip club. It was. And he wasn't, he wasn't asking. And I just don't think he knew. Yeah. It was like a don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. He would always talk down about strippers like he would always say like if he thought a girl didn't look good in a certain way he'd be like oh she looks like a stripper or something which is neither of our opinions I feel like I have to make that disclaimer every time because people think I'm like anti-stripper or anti-sex worker or something when I tell these stories we are not I'm telling his opinion and what he would say like I think the rules are whack and weird and hypocritical too that's why I think they're worth mentioning and interesting at all but well, and I think he had to be extra careful if a playmate had been a stripper because that could potentially come out later. Yeah, because his idea for what a playmate was supposed to be was somebody who had never posed nude before or right. like had never been nude publicly. So 
like he didn't want strippers to be playmates. There were plenty who were. They just didn't tell anybody. Yeah. And even Kendra says has said before that when she went to work as a painted lady, the guy who did the painting was like, don't tell Hef you're a stripper. You have to tell him you're a college student because he doesn't like strippers. So yeah, there were a handful of strippers in the original like seven girlfriend set, but I think he just didn't know. Oh, I didn't even know there were. Oh yeah, most of them were. Not everybody, but most of them had been. Wow. And the only person, there was only one person I heard ever really like talk about it openly. So maybe Hef knew about her after they got involved, but I don't, I really don't think he knew any of them had been strippers. Hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I love this question. Did any of the mean girls ever return to the mansion for parties or events? Oh my God. That's funny. Well, First, I guess we have to define who the mean girls are because not every girlfriend we lived with in the early days was mean. No, not at all. And a lot of them moved out in like a respectful way and like stayed friends with Hef and were coming back to parties. But as far as like, like I can think of four girls off the top of my head that I would definitely categorize as mean girls. Yeah. One of them was fully banned from the mansion and Playboy stuff for like life. Another one completely disappeared off the face of the earth, and I still don't know what happened to her. I don't either. And then there were two others who were, like, banned from the mansion, but they came back for a party, not one of Hef's parties. A rental party. Yeah, but, there, like, a company, like, rented the backyard, and they somehow got invited to that party, and somehow Hef heard about it, so he had them escorted out, and he had his videographer, who was down there videotaping all the parties, <laughs> follow them out so we ended up seeing it on footage later on yeah so that's as far as that went this is shocking to me because one I feel like even if Hef didn't want them at the mansion and they came to one of those rental parties I just feel like he just wouldn't have done anything about it typically like that would have been my gut instinct yeah that he would have just been like oh well whatever it's a rental party who cares but then but then to have the videographer follow and <laughs> yeah. show that they were kicked out I thought was like an extreme step for him yeah. and something I would not expect him to do at all I don't know if he sicked the videographer on them. I think that might have been just something he followed because he thought, oh, this might be a Oh, it was note. the choice of the videographer, Yeah, maybe? I think it might have been that. But that makes more sense because yeah. I just feel like Hef is not like, in my opinion, was not vindictive <laughs> like that where he's like, follow him out and I want it on film yeah. and like really humiliate him and show, you know, like yeah. make a big deal out of it. I just feel like he wouldn't have done that. He would have had security go up and say you guys need to leave you can't be here yeah but I not. think it might have been the videographer just thinking oh this is of note let's catch this yes <laughs> that's funny um have any of the mean girls reached out to apologize hell no no and you know what else like when I think of those like top four mean girls with the exception of the one who disappeared off the face of the earth because she was more of a follower than anything yeah so I really don't know where she stands but when I think of like the top three mean girls Hell no, they haven't apologized. And I think some of them probably, like, still to this day, think they're in the right. I think so, too. Which I have a hard time wrapping my head around how they could think they're in the right, just being that mean and trying to get people kicked out for no reason, other than the fact that they think they can get more money out of Hef if they do. I was recently asked a question by somebody in the press, like, would you, uh, what would it be like now if you ever ran into one of them? And I thought that like immediately, it's like just made my stomach sick. It depends on which one it is. Not for me, really, (laughs) because I feel like 
there could potentially be a definite verbal altercation taking place in public if I ran into one of them. Yeah, of the top three I'm thinking of, one of them I feel like I just wouldn't even care if I saw her. Because I feel like from her, it wasn't even that personal. I feel like she was just like a pot stirrer and she was kind of sociopathic in the way that she loved to see drama happen and would kind of giggle about it. But there are two others that I would just feel disgusted if I ever ran into. And one of them I think would just probably roll her eyes and make a noise and leave. And the other one I think would probably get in my face and try to start shit. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I thought I did run into one of them (gasps) at one point. Okay, so this is a long time ago, but it was well after being out of the mansion. And um, so I would say it was probably seven years ago now Mm -hmm. so but still still you know Mm -hmm. and it nick and i were walking into like a sports authority and we were about to walk in and i swear she was walking in it was the main recruiter chick was walking in and i flipped around oh no to nick and i like totally put my head into him and he's like what are you doing right now and i was like hugging on him like so that my back was to her yeah and he's like what's happening right now and i was like just go with it just go with it just go with it he's like what are you doing like it was so out of character for me and so weird he's like what are you doing i was like that girl that girl i was like what about her and i'm like i think i know who she is and he's like okay like what like what is the big deal and i was just like no i can't i cannot run into her i have to go sit in the car you go in and get what you need i'm gonna go sit in the car i do not want to run into that girl and he was just like blown away like how i was acting and i was like i cannot i cannot i don't even know for sure it was her but i think it was oh my gosh yeah people ask all the time like have you ever ran into any of the mean girls after they were kicked out and i never have and i think the explanation for that is just la is a really big city not only population wise but area wise and i just don't know what place I would ever go to that they would be at, you know? No, but the, the possibility is there. It's true. It is there. And I, I dread that. Yeah, but in like 15 years, I've never run into any of them. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that was my only time. And I just, th- oh, wait. Oh, wait. What? The really mean one, too. I was... Screechy. Yes, I was at an <laughs> event... Um, with my sister at like the W Hotel and I, there was like a silent auction going on and I was walking around a room and this is this is like right after mm-hmm. and um, I look up and I swore it was her and I beelined out of the room and I grabbed my sister and said we have to get out of here right away and she's like why and I'm like because if I actually make eye contact with her and it really is her like shit's gonna hit the fan 100% oh my god 100% there's going to be a screaming match in Yeah, because she was aggressive. Yeah. And so she was like, what? And then my sister's all scared. And she's like, and she's like, who are we looking for? Like, what's happening? And oh we're like gosh. rushing out of there and out to That's the car. Funny. And I'm like, I'm leaving. Like, cannot stay here. I did hear from somebody who used to work at the Jose E. Bear salon that we went to back in the day. They reached out to me recently and was just telling me a story about how one of the mean girls, after she got kicked out, she would continue going to that salon. But she made a big stink with the front desk about how she could never be scheduled at the same time that I went so that's one of the reasons we weren't running into them as I think they were avoiding too oh well good good yeah keep yes. it up yeah keep doing that let's let's do it so the next question is what kept you going when you felt down 
That's a hard one for me because I felt down so often, especially in the beginning, and I really don't know what kept me going other than the sheer hope that one day things would get better. And I don't think it's so much that anything kept me going rather than I had no friends outside the mansion, really. I had no family nearby. I had no job. I had no leads on anything. Like, granted, I was going to school and saving money and trying to build something for myself, but I really had nothing else. Yeah. I think for me, it was our friendship. Oh, no, that's that's a good one. Yeah, that for me, too. Like, I feel like if I hadn't had you to talk to, I wouldn't have had anybody. Yeah. And I would have felt like I was going crazy because even later on after things got better, it was so ingrained in me not to trust anyone there that I never really, even though I tried to have a friendship with Kendra, I never tr- fully trusted her or would have confided in her. I felt like you and Mary were my only like sounding boards at all. And because you were going through a lot of the same things I was going through with just the mean girls and stuff, it let me know that I'm not crazy. Right. Because otherwise I would have felt totally isolated and like I was losing my mind. It would have been like gaslight world. Yeah. And then I think too, just like um, other friendships too, like you mentioned Mary and like my friendship with Stacy, and I did have a close relationship with Crystal Mm -hmm. and then my, you know, family and stuff I've always been really close to. So those were the things that would, you know, keep me sane that I felt like I could vent and talk to and just go over everything with like, am I crazy? Like, would this, would this make you mad? Like what happened here? Like, and just, Yeah, I mean, any little thing you can do to make you feel better, even just getting out of the mansion for a little while, like we go on our adventures, Mm -hmm. we'll talk about later too more. Yeah, just getting out a little bit, going on hikes and stuff, clearing my head. Yeah, for sure. People ask if we got tips as tour guides. (laughs) No, tips were not allowed at the mansion at all. Like guests guests would try to tip like the valets and the butlers and stuff, but it was not allowed allowed to take a tip. No. Somebody asks, was the grotto water actually disgusting? Was it ever cleaned? Yeah, it was cleaned regularly, but I'm sure there were points where it got disgusting. Yeah, but do you remember there was um, a thing where, uh, and I remember telling this on the tour, it had like the world's biggest and best filtration system on it ever. Oh, in I don't fact, think I even knew that. The company who put it in like prided themselves on that they clean the grotto and the Playboy oh Mansion pool and it was like on the cover of their catalog and stuff. The semen steamer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a, a, it had like double filtration or something like that. Interesting. Yeah, I don't ever remember really the pool being dirty. Ironically, the mm-hmm. only time I do was the day we filmed my swimming lesson for oh, Girls God. Next Door. Like that just happened to be the day where it was like the day before the pool was actually going to get cleaned. And I'm like, I'm surprised somebody didn't coordinate this better. Oh, but no. it still wasn't disgusting. It just wasn't like perfect. Like there were like leaves in the pool and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, then somebody said, so was there a guest guest list for girlfriends for the parties or not? And I honestly still don't know. Maybe you can answer it. Was there, did we have a guest list or no? Okay, it wasn't official because nothing for the girlfriends was official. Like I've said a million times before, like the rules were never explained. Like you're supposed to stumble around like an idiot. And I think Hef was trying to kind of get away with like giving his girlfriends as little as possible. So no privileges were advertised. But I think it was commonly kind of allowed that we could put like four or so people on a guest list and they weren't supposed to be guys. If they were guys, we had to get special permission or it like better be your brother or something. You know what I mean? 
I didn't even like max out my guest list because like I've said before, I didn't have friends outside the mansion. And of course, people in your day-to-day life when you're out running errands or whatever, once they find out about you, they're hitting you up for a guest list. But I don't want to be used like that either. So it was rare that I would put anybody on the list. Yeah. So like this I, is the first time I'm I'm knowing for sure whether there was. Yeah. So there was, but unofficially. And also, if people knew that we had that, people would have been... Bombarding. Yeah, yeah. big time. Because it was a big deal. Like, I can't explain enough that it was hard to get into these parties. It was really hard. Back then. Yeah. Bridget, do you still have your Woof Woof doll? I do. <laughs> and in fact, I have two of them. That's amazing. Yeah, and I love them. I mean, I they're in storage didn't, right now, but I love them. Didn't Kevin give you one? Yeah. I think Kevin got me one and Hef got me one. Kevin, the producer, was a Munsters super fan. And at one point That's in time... That's putting it lightly. <laughs> yeah, at one point in time, he gave me a set of Munsters collector cards, which is all like pictures of the Munsters. But he's on one of the Munsters collector cards. Yeah, it's him as a kid surrounded by all his Munsters merch because he was like the Munsters super fan. Get out of here. That's yeah. funny. Wow. So it goes way back. Mm-hmm. So why were the painted ladies in the gym? I, I think I think that was just the most utilitarian place to do it that had the most privacy. Because, and mirrors. Yeah, they did it down in the gym, and there was like a section of the gym that kind of looked like a dance studio with hardwood floors and mirrors. And there was a bathroom nearby, and it was indoors, so the girls could do it and not feel too exposed. Yeah, it was a huge gym. Like you said, there's a whole dance studio area. Then there was like a couch area where you could just like chill and watch TV kind of thing. And it was and then separate there was... from the house, which I think was important too. Like it was underground underneath the bathhouse. Yeah, easy access to the parties up and yeah. down. Like, cause, like you said, it's right at the bathhouse, which is right where the grotto is. And, um, and like you said, the dance floor, they were able to tarp off the floor for all the painting and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I think it was, you know, just the best spot to do it. I can't think of another spot that would have been better. Me either. Oh, where somebody asked me and I'm answering this because as a cat lover, like I know how, the, like why you'd be curious <laughs> about this, but somebody asked where Gizmo's litter box was. So it was in my bathroom underneath the sink. I had like kind of an old fashioned sink. It wasn't a pedestal, but it kind of looked like a pedestal but it had four posts if that makes sense and so it was just empty underneath the sink and so I actually um made like a little curtain that went around it like a pink satin curtain and her litter box was underneath there well at least someone at the mansion had privacy yes Gizmo (laughs) did and she had her own tree house too I love the tree house me too how many rooms does the mansion have do you remember how many total it had like rooms Altogether, I don't remember. I want to say 30, but I could be getting that mixed up with the fact that the mansion was 30,000 square feet. See, I was going to say 26 rooms. So something like Somewhere that. Somewhere like yeah. that. But if you're, it, I don't, I never know when people ask this question. Do they if mean they, rooms or bedrooms? Yes. There were six bedrooms. Yes. And plus like four guest house bedrooms. Yeah. And two game house sex rooms. Yeah. I wouldn't even call those bedrooms really. No, I would not either. So this is a big question. Somebody asked, was there ever any uncomfortableness about Kendra's age when she first moved in? And I think there's a few misconceptions that kind of go along with that question. I think one, I just noticed this like in comments and stuff. I think people think Kendra was younger than she actually was when she moved in. Oh, really? Yeah, like she was turning 19 when she moved in. Like she moved in like on her 19th birthday, which is about as young as you can get. 
But I still see comments and stuff where I think people think that she was like 17 or something. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know why. And I think another part of the misconception is I think people think there's a bigger age gap between me and Kendra than there is, which I can certainly understand by the way we looked on the show and just like our styles and stuff. Because like if you look at the confessional interviews, Kendra's like always hunched over either in a messy room or the game room, which are selected purposely to make her look like the youngest. And she has her hair like in a bun on her head and no makeup. And I'm in the library sitting there like I have a stick up my ass. With pearls and a cardigan. Pearls and a sweater set, full beat makeup, wig. So it wig. does So it's like there was a 6 year age difference between us, but it looks like a 12 year age difference. So I think people think there's just like a generation between us. Oh. But also like there was no reason we would have felt uncomfortable hanging out with a 19 year old because that was our peer group. Right. There were so many playmates that were the same age and so many girls testing that their same age and so many girls coming out that were the same age. Yeah, and I was 22 when I moved in. I was 21 when I first started coming to mansion parties. And all the playmates that were coming to test were generally between 18 and 25. So that was just kind of like our age group. I mean, there should have been uncomfortableness about all of our ages and heft, I think, coming from like a power imbalance but when you're the young one in that situation you don't think there is because you think you're a bad bitch when you're 19 you know what I mean (laughs) like we all think we're bad bitches but now that I'm older and I look back and I'm like okay as a 43 year old I know how much more life I've lived than a 20 year old and just the fact that Hef was treating us a certain way when he was 75 it just blows my mind but that's a whole other topic yeah when that's another episode later on yeah How did getting an education during the day work with all of the nightlife? It worked for me because my classes were online. Like when I was doing the real estate investment program at UCLA Extension, there were some in-person classes, but they were never early. Most of it was online. I had some evening classes, but never like nighttime classes where it would uh, affect me going out or anything like that. And there oh, was... I didn't even think of the question that way. I thought they were asking like, how did you get up early for class if... Well, I don't know how they're asking it. Maybe they're asking (laughs) it that way. It could be either way. But yeah, I always did. My classes were either online or they would be like late afternoon, early evening. Yeah, mine were usually early evening if they were in-person classes. If they were online classes, they were, um, you know, online classes. So you could either tune in live or you could watch them later. There was always plenty of time during the day to do homework and get all of that done. Yeah. And uh, there were some times, there was a few times where I had to get up super early to be like at KTLA because I was doing broadcast journalism and we would be able to go into the actual studio and like do the news and stuff. Mm-hmm. Not not for broadcast, <laughs> but for our own, like go actually go sit at the desk and like do the weather and interview people and, and stuff like that. And those were usually really early mornings on the weekends. So that was yeah. a little tougher. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I, I don't feel like it was a problem at all. I think most college students are out partying. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. That's that's a good point. Bridget, why haven't you written a book yet? <laughs> <laughs> I know that came up. Um, well, I did write a book, actually. Uh, I didn't publish it, so don't look for it. <laughs> I wrote it. It's on my computer. Uh-huh. Um It's not quite finished, but it's, I would say, 80% finished. And I never finished it fully because I honestly didn't know if there was 
a demand for it anymore. Like, I feel like if the story had been told, like Kendra wrote a book, you wrote a book, other randoms wrote a book. And I just thought, I don't know if people are still interested in this story and so much time had gone by. And I just felt like, I don't know if it's worth finishing. Or if I think I, it's just all about your spin on it. Because when I first took my book out to publishers, at first nobody wanted it because they're like, Kendra already told that story. And I'm like, no, she didn't actually. <laughs> no, she did not. Yeah. Yeah. But like since we've been doing this podcast, I feel so much love and support. And I feel yeah. like, well, maybe people do want to hear my story. You no, know? I think people do for sure. So uh, it's something that I've thought of revisiting. Um, I'll have to go back in and, and look at where I'm at. But I think I've written like 100,000 words. Yeah. Which is pretty far into it. I don't know how many words a book needs to be, but I feel like I'm pretty far in. You know what else too is uh, when I was writing it, it was when Hef was still alive and I tried to go to the mansion to talk to him about it. And you were blocked. And they banned, like, yeah, they blocked me from coming. Not Hef. I don't even think it ever even got to Hef. That's a mystery I want to solve so bad. Me too. But one I wasn't day, allowed. Guys, one day. For like two years, I tried to go up to the mansion and they wouldn't allow me up and they and they wouldn't just straight out tell me no they just kept giving me like weird excuses saying they didn't talk to Hef yet they haven't had a chance to talk to him it was like two months and they hadn't yeah. had a chance I'm like he's down the hall guys yeah like it's not like I didn't live there but I was um not allowed to come up I was not allowed to talk to him I could not reach him in any way so um, that kind of put a damper on things too because I really wanted to talk to him about the book and writing it and I wanted to have his blessing. I didn't feel like I needed it. I just wanted to have it. Yeah. So a lot of you guys were asking if we were going to have specific guests on the podcast and we definitely are. We have a lot of guests lined up. We're really excited yes. about it. But we want to put the guest episodes in a way where we think it makes the most sense in a storytelling way for example like I think it's no secret we've said we want to have Stacey Burke on the show and I'd love to have her episode come in right before she makes her first appearance on the show which I think is episode six and guys we're not even at episode one yet so we, we will get there one day but no we have a lot of guests planned and we're super excited I'm it. really excited for all the guests I cannot wait okay so we're getting to like the harder questions now Dun, dun, dun. Somebody asks, what is a question you wish people would ask about the mansion? And what do you wish people would stop asking? I don't know what I wish people would ask because I feel like if there's something I want to share, I just find a way to share it. Do you have one? No. And in fact, I was going to answer it not the same, but similar. I was going to say, I don't think there's anything we haven't been asked. Like yeah. I've been grilled so hard on everything for so many years that I honestly can't think of something that... I'm like, oh, nobody knows this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of stuff left, though. I think there is, too. But We're just not thinking but of what it I is. But I can't think of it because I feel like I've been, you know, like. Yeah, you've lived it for yeah, so long. Yeah, li I've lived it and I've been asked about it for so long. But, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of things people don't understand or realize or still want the answers to. I think the it's not going to be a surprise. The questions we wish people would stop asking are sex questions. And again, I'm going to show some self-awareness and say, I know this is my toxic trait because I'm always like, ask me anything, guys. And then I get offended when people ask sex questions. So I don't want to make any of you feel bad if you were the ones asking sex questions because I understand you're seeing me say, ask me anything. But... It definitely gives us a lot of mixed feelings mm -hmm. um, because 
a little bit of backstory. Like, I would have loved to have never talked about the sex. Like, for me, it was something I was never fully into. It was embarrassing. It was gross. I was embarrassed that there were more than one other person in the room, period, let alone having to talk about it publicly. And when I was with Hef, I was never shy about saying publicly when I was doing interviews or whatever, oh, yeah, we have sex with him because I thought that's what he would have wanted me to say. And it was just kind of generic. It wasn't detailed. But when people want the details, that makes me really uncomfortable. Well, and I also feel like we're at a very unfair standard. Like, I feel like when other people go on press and do stuff, they're not grilled about their sex life. And in some cases, it's the first thing I get asked. And I could be on a morning show, like a morning news show. And the first thing I get asked is, so did you guys really have sex with him? How did that go down? And I'm like, wait, isn't this like a morning news show where kids are like getting ready for school and stuff? Yeah, we don't care. They know we talk about like. Ew. Yeah, like we try to be proactive and selective about the press we do. Like we choose to not do Howard Stern because we don't want to talk about it. So we choose to do stuff we think is going to be appropriate, but people still think they can ask the grossest questions. And especially also, you know, it's been seven years since I wrote my book and made it really clear that I wasn't comfortable with everything that went on. There were even parts of the sex life that were not consensual for me. And people still think it's okay to ask the goriest details. And some of you might be like, well, you're talking about it. You're out here talking about it. But it's different when I'm the one bringing it up on my platform and I'm sharing. It's a different feeling when somebody else is coming at you and they ask you something really specific. Like, how often did you guys get tested for STDs? It makes me almost feel like aggressive. Like I want to give like a rude comeback. You know what I mean? Mm But yeah, like I said before, I would have been okay never talking about the details. But then other people come out and talk about the details. Like Kendra wrote a book talking about the details. So then later on, when I was doing press for my show in Vegas, the shows are still asking me, oh, what about sex with Hef? And I would say things like, you know, Hef's moved on and I've moved on. So I think it's respectful to not talk about that. And they'll be like, well, Kendra was just on here promoting your book and she talked about it. And I'm just like, like, I can't get away from it. Or like other randoms will write a book and they'll talk about it or say Holly was the only one who had sex or Holly and Bridget were the only ones who had sex and they'll make it sound like they barely did it once. And that's not true either. That makes me want to come out and be like, no, bitch, you were doing it just as much as anybody else practically. Yeah. And it's just kind of a feeling of being stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because on one hand, the only reason I've talked about it at all is to just set the record straight and stick up for myself. And then you think you've talked about it once, so that's all you need to do. Like, I wrote a whole book about it. You can, if you want to know about the sex, you can go back and read the book or you can listen to episode two of this podcast. Well, you talk about having talked about it publicly and stuff in your book and everything. I haven't, and I still get asked all the time. Like, people Mm -hmm. are just dying to know every single detail. And no matter how open we are about it, it's It's just never enough. Yeah, people, and I think people feel like you're hiding something too or like not giving the full story. Another question I was asked, which I feel like kind of flows along the same lines as people are like, well, I want more details on how Holly became the main girlfriend. And I'm like, there's not really any details. Like first, the other girls started grooming me for it because they didn't want to do it and started talking it up like, oh, wouldn't this be so special? And then Hef and I had a few conversations. And then there was kind of some back and forth on when it was going to happen because we didn't know exactly when Tina was leaving. But there's no extra thing. There's no extra 
Like, I think people expect some weird, like, ceremony or <laughs> rite of passage or sex or something like that. And it's not like that. And I just feel like we can be as open and honest as possible, but it's still never enough. And it's like, okay, ask us anything, but do you really need to know who got tested for what STD on what month of what day of what year? Right. It's like, oh my God. And then there's other questions like, and again, like I don't want to make the person who asked this feel bad if you're listening. Like somebody asked me, oh, I saw that Sarah Underwood went out with you guys in episode two. So does that mean she went upstairs with Hef? And that one I just answered in place just to stick up for Sarah. I was like, no. And also like, I assume if you're asking the question and you're on the podcast page, you've listened to the podcast and we already put out the episode where we say that once I started giving tours to the playmates, which was a few years after I moved in, playmates were not coming upstairs anymore. Yeah. So there's a blanket statement there. Any playmates you see on Girls Next Door were not coming upstairs. Right. I mean, I, I, I just want to say too, and I kind of said this already, but just in case I didn't say it clearly enough, like, I feel like every time we do press, there's a double standard for us. Like, how many other people go on and do any kind of press and are constantly grilled about their sex life? I've heard people say, oh, well, they should know because they're representing a magazine that's about sex. But I've never seen any other playmate or celebrity pictorial person or anybody go on, like, an interview and be asked that detailed questions about their sex life like I've seen them asked about the nudity or how did your husband feel about that or just like cute little quippy questions and they give like a cute little quippy answer and move and on they move on but here's the thing too is you and I were PR experts when it came to giving like those cute quippy answers when they would ask us about sex like answers that were kind of cute and flirty and made Hef look good and were kind of funny but weren't crass and didn't give too many details but they wouldn't let it stop there. Like they would keep grilling us. And you know mm-hmm. who was the worst was Billy Bush. I know. I hated, <gasps> I dreaded. And you know what was weird about just being at the mansion is I never felt like I had the power to say no to any of these interviews no, really. I know, me neither. Like I should have been able to say after the first interview, hey, can I avoid talking to Billy Bush yeah. from now on? But I did so many interviews with Billy Bush and he was so rude. Yes. And would always ask like the most detailed sexual questions. And I yes. Could, like if he would ask me, so how many times did you have sex with Hef while you were there and I would say something like I don't remember he would keep grilling me and keep Mm -hmm. asking the same thing and I'm like go try your hard-hitting journalism on something that matters Jesus it was so gross he would make me feel so uncomfortable when we did interviews and I thought that his questions were rude and lewd and like just like inappropriate like don't get me wrong we're not stupid we know we're going to be asked about sex to an extent and I felt like we were so good at handling those questions but people wouldn't even let it stop with our answers they just kept grilling us and treating us like absolute shit mm-hmm. so speaking of the bedroom so should we answer any of the questions I didn't even <laughs> write down all of them well I don't I don't think we need to go into too much more detail on them but I feel like this la- this this one um did the bedroom time only happen when you guys went out or did you use sex to get things and did you ever have sex alone like I feel like those three questions we could answer yeah for sure because I'll set the record straight on those things I don't feel like they are too invasive to where it makes me uncomfortable yeah did bedroom time only happen when you went out yes yes I mean for me because I was in the bedroom with half there would be other times we had sex but it was like uneventful like old couple 
nighttime sex (laughs) and usually it wasn't even happening usually it was just like we would order dinner in bed and watch a movie and go to sleep also people ask did you use sex to get things i can see how people might have an imagination of how girls might show up in the middle of the day with nothing on under their robe and like proposition hef in the middle of the day to get something but it didn't work like that because keep in mind like he's an old man And he had a lot of energy for his age, but he was only really mentally and physically ready to have sex like on the nights out. And he was very much a creature of habit and loved his routines down to what he ate every day. But I don't think it was just that when it came to the sex. I think for him, he had to be in a place where he was comfortable to even function and kind of had to be like mentally ready for that because there was a time... I remember like when Kendra was new and we were all like, we should go out to the grotto. But we just did that for fun and for camp. And the fact that when you live at the Playboy Mansion, people expect you to like be in the grotto all the time. So we all went out there and we were like topless and stuff. But like Hef was not trying to make a move. Like he would never have been able to function in a hot, steamy, hot, like he just, yeah. It's funny that we're talking about this because my impressions before I lived there was I thought that it could happen at any time. No, me too. I didn't know when I first moved in. And I remember on a Thursday, there was nothing going on and nobody told me what the schedule was. And I ran into Hef in the hall and I was like, oh, I just want to let you know I'm on my period right now. And he looked at me like he had this puzzled look on his face. Like he didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. And he goes, uh. Uh, okay and kept on going where he was going but I didn't know I I have no clue I didn't know either and anytime Hef would pop in my room I would think oh god is he gonna try and have sex with me right yeah. now like what's happening but he would be like oh I just wanted to tell you we're leaving at 9 30 today instead of 10 so be ready and I'm like oh okay oh that's all he wanted yeah and like it just felt like because again nobody tells you anything mm-hmm. so you don't know And I also had it in my head that people probably did use him for stuff like that. Like probably did try to have sex with him to gain certain things. Mm -hmm. But then once I moved in, I realized people try to avoid it at all costs. So they weren't. I I mean, not that I knew of anyway. Yeah, I would say as far as like, quote unquote, using sex to get things, I feel like as far as that went was just all the girlfriends participating really regularly just to keep things at the status quo. Right. Because like we've mentioned before on the podcast, like when people collected their allowance, like if they had been on their period too many days, he'd bring it up, you know? (laughs) Yeah, because he was keeping track in that book. So he knew if you weren't participating. So if you wanted to step it up and get something or thought you were going to get something by stepping it up, that would be where you would perform. (laughs) Well, bottom line is I never knew anyone who like that – did that or was successful with that or anything yeah so and then the last part of that question is did we ever have sex alone but I think that kind of answers it yeah um no yeah and it's interesting too just the topic of the bedroom and people who came out and talked about it before we ever talked about it it's weird to me because to me it's it's like not really any better than revenge porn because like when other girls in the group have come out and like gone into detail about bedroom antics or even girls who weren't girlfriends but girls who maybe like went upstairs one weekend and then went online and wrote a whole self-published thing about like what went down in the bedroom it's very revenge porn because granted like we're in this like group sex situation but 
we feel like we have to be there. We're going to get kicked out on the street. And none of us are actively consenting to the new people coming in the bedroom. Like if I had it my way, nobody new would have been coming into the bedroom. I was an ice cold bitch ignoring everybody. You know what I mean? And when somebody thinks they're telling some big story by coming out, it's like they're not just outing themselves or outing Hef. They're outing every other girl in the room. And I think it's fucked up. And I think it's like revenge porn. And it's no better than revenge porn. I think it goes a step further, too, and it it kind of uh, makes everybody associated with Playboy look bad. Like, everyone's doing that. Yeah, I think so, too. So should we wrap it up? I mean, we have to. Yeah, we've been talking for quite a while now. So thank you guys so much for your questions. I'm sure we'll do another one of these later on down the road. I think so. And next week, we are finally getting into Girls Next Door episode one. So be sure, and whether you're watching it on Tubi or Amazon Prime or anywhere it's streaming or the DVDs, watch episode one. It's called Meet the Girls, and we will talk about it. Yeah, looking forward to it. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye, guys.